Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Uh, I tell you what, uh, today's world is just absolutely (laughs) out of control, isn't it? It really is. I mean, so much is going on. And with, with people kind of cooped up, you see this in families. A lot of families are kind of at, at each other a little bit. You know, you get some of the siblings who are fighting like cats and dogs and that kind of thing because they've been kind of uh, corralled up together for months now and into the future as a lot of the schools are not going to be live this fall, it looks like. And so, my goodness, uh, you see all this sibling, but friends, listen. Nothing could be a sibling rivalry like we saw in the book of Genesis. Uh, If you know anything about the story of Joseph, uh, we know that Joseph's brothers actually sold him into slavery. Now, that's really bad. That's really bad. You know that you got some serious family dysfunction if one of the siblings is sold into slavery. Okay, well, that's what happened with Joseph in the Bible. But I want for us to look at this a little bit and examine it. uh, And what is it in the family's past that led these brothers to doing such a horrific thing? Genesis chapter 37, please, starting in verse 3. Let's read a little bit of this story so that we can understand better why it is that these brothers did this and and what may have been brewing and stirring within them to cause them to do such a terrible thing. uh, Chapter 30, 37, verse 3. Now Israel, which is Jacob, Jacob's name changed to Israel. Jacob, Israel loved Joseph more than all his other sons because he was the son of his old age. So he had made him a long-sleeved tunic. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, They hated him and could not speak to him in shalom. Oh, boy. Then Joseph had a dream, didn't particularly help that matter, and told his brothers, and they hated him even more. They, he, rather, Joseph said to them, please listen to this dream I dreamed. There were, there we were binding sheaves in the middle of the field. All of a sudden, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Will you truly be a king over us? His brothers said to him, will you really rule over us? So they hated him even more because of his dreams and because of his words. Whew, eesh. That's some rough stuff. That's some, and you could tell things have just been brewing some. Well, what happened, of course, 
Well, we know that, yes, Joseph was insensitive. We know that, of course. He was insensitive telling, telling his brothers what all was going to happen. No doubt about that. But at the same time, what he was saying was true. It was the truth. But his brothers hated him. They were so jealous of him. From the time Joseph was born, he was special. You could tell early on he was treated differently than his brothers by their, by their father. He was uh, a child born in his old age to Rachel. And, uh, and there was something special that his, mom, that his dad uh, just put, gave him extra special attention. And he was a special person even in God's eternal plan. And so these feelings that his brothers had had been building. They had been brewing for some time. These, these feelings of anger, these feelings of jealousy, these feelings of rage. They had been brewing and, uh, and, and eventually, they came out. What happened? Surely, for a long time, they had to have suppressed it. You have to know that. This wasn't until, it wasn't like a one-year-old or a two-year-old. Joseph was, was older than that, even though he was the youngest, okay? And, and you got to know that his brothers had suppressed these feelings and shoved them down and hid them for years, for years, they buried this stuff. They buried their feelings is what they did for years. And they surely tried to play nice for a long time. But finally, this was the last straw. These dreams, this dreamer, after all this, we have had enough. And so what happened? They went and they sold him into slavery. In fact, a number of them wanted to kill him, their own brother. But then Reuben stepped in. Judah was also there. Uh, trying to help matters just uh, somewhat. And, and they saved him, but they still sold him into slavery. Absolutely brutal. Brutal what they did to Joseph. It's interesting. I remember <laughs> this building that I know that a number of you would like to be in. We had somebody, one of our members, one of our dear members come in this week to the office and she had not been here in many months for an, for an appointment. And, uh, and when she came in the sanctuary, she was just like, she started dancing and celebrating. She says, I'm back. I'm in the sanctuary. And she was just so excited. It was so wonderful to see. And I know that that's the way a lot of you feel. And that, that, that touches me. And I really think it actually touches the heart of the Lord. But also, we're, we're practicing our patience Oh my gosh, it's hard. It's hard for me to be patient, as Rabbi E said. But I, but I love this building. This building is very special. It's historic, as you probably know. In the history of the Messianic Jewish movement, first building ever built as a Messianic Jewish synagogue by an independent Messianic congregation in, in history. Uh, absolutely remarkable. And so this building has a lot to it. I remember, I remember actually when I was... When this building was built, I was still just a kid, and, and everything around here in Roswell was just woods. Everything was woods. I remember when we broke ground. We came up here, and we walked down the hill uh, leading in, you know it, and up the, up the hill then to about this area that we're in, and we, we 
put a shovel on the ground and dedicated it to the Lord. And, and it was just woods. I mean, there were no neighborhoods. The neighborhood on either side of us was not around. It was just all woods all around us. And, and everything that we're on here was, was woods. All there was was a, uh, uh, over there where the parking lot is, there was a, an old wooden fence that had been built uh, marking some boundary that no longer existed. Okay, and so that was it. That was the only human sign of life in this whole area. And that was 35 years ago when this place was built. It's absolutely amazing and beautiful. Fast forward to about two months ago. Uh, my, my, of course, we're all under quarantine and all that kind of thing. And, and my daughter is in the process of learning how to drive. She's got her learner's permit. Uh, and so... She wanted to you know, practice, of course, and we wanted her to practice. So there's nobody here. We, we came into the uh, parking lot here, and my wife and my daughter, your Rebbitson, was just, were driving the, throughout the parking lot, just practicing driving some. And uh, when they got home, Rebbitson Tiffany said to me, Hey, uh, Kevin, what's up with that big dip in the parking lot? I said, What are you talking about, the big dip in the parking lot? I, I don't know what you're referring to. She said, well, there's this place where it just really just dips down. And I don't remember it before. And I said, oh, no, what what are you even talking about? And so next time I was here, I went and I looked at it. And sure enough, man, when you're driving, you could see this this dip. And, and, And I thought, oh, great. And so I just kind of filed it away. Maybe this was three months ago. And time passes, a few weeks. And I look and I'm driving and I see that as I'm driving, this dip has gotten bigger and wider when you go through it. And with each week, it got bigger and wider. And, 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 and then this, this sidewalk, the curb rather, the curb in that area started sinking. And it sank more and more one inch, two inch, three inch, four inch. This is over a few weeks, five inch. Eventually, it was completely below even the foundation of the curb beside it. It had sunk like about a foot. And when you drove over that area, you drive it, it was like, whoop. I mean, it just, it just took your stomach a little bit. And I, I looked at it and I had a feeling what it was. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, come on. And sure enough, we had an expert come in and, uh, and, and this week, what happened? He dug it up. He opened up the where it had dipped in the parking lot. And what did we find? Well, (laughs) we found that old wooden fence that was on the property from 35 years ago. Take a look at this picture and you can see the hole that we dug and, and, and what, what we have here. You can see all the, there's the wooden fence. Look at that. That wooden fence was on this property many decades ago, and it had been buried in this big hole in the ground. You see all the, the wooden poles and that kind of thing. And, and then the parking lot had been paved on top of it. And the parking lot looked safe and secure and normal, right? But underneath, the clock was ticking. Absolutely amazing. You see, the, 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 the first picture was the big hole that we had to dig out. And then 
the picture of <laughs> that wooden fence that you see, right? Okay, because the clock was ticking underneath this parking lot. Because the wood from the, from the uh, fence was still underneath the parking lot. All the, at that time, year one, year two, year three, year 10, year 15, year 20, year tw- 25, year 30, year 35. It was always still under the parking lot. It was always there. But we couldn't see it. We didn't know anything about it. It was buried. It's, we had to dig out a hole the size of an 18-wheeler. It's a, maybe a little bit hard to see in these pictures we showed, but it's, it's huge. You could fit an 18-wheeler in, in the hole that we had to dig out for this sinkhole here. Because underneath, the, the clock was ticking. And because once the wood, which was still there, was just waiting for enough moisture and air to get into it to start to rot. And once it started, it began, it began rotting very quickly, making the surface above it give way and create the sinkhole. 35 years. You, see, you can see the picture of the actual hole that we had to, to dig up. You know, as Rabbi E used to say, that's the thing about swink, sweeping something under the rug. Wait long enough, pull up the rug, and it's still going to be there. It's still going to be there. To save a few shekels at the time, so the builder didn't have to haul it away, this wooden fence, they buried the logs. (laughs) But now, 35 years later, it cost us about $15,000 to fix it. And for what? For nothing, for nothing. If it had just been taken care of at the time, everything would have been so much better. Friends, there are things that some of you went through years ago. Things perhaps even that hurt you, things that you may have done. Things that may have even happened when you were a kid, but you don't realize that they can still have an effect on you. And when you're not expecting it, when you're least expecting it, and sometimes a little bit out of the blue, you may have a sinkhole of your own. Better to go ahead and dig them up and deal with them rather than have them as a time bomb on your foundation. Better to go ahead and dig it up and take care of it, even now, than just to wait when it appears at at a really bad time for you. Better to go ahead and dig it out. Is it hard? Yes. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it costly? For sure. But better to go ahead and take care of it, friends. Joseph's brothers, right, let their jealousy of their brother fester. They let this build and build and build, but it was underneath the surface. It was buried. Joseph went innocently to them when they took him. So it's clear that Joseph did not suspect his brothers were about to do this. Otherwise, he would not have gone out in the field. 
to, to, to get with his brothers, as his father had told him to do. So Joseph was oblivious. So it's, this is not like something that would have been very obvious, but it had been stewing. It had been stirring. It was under the surface from Joseph's brothers. And, and, and finally, boy, it came out. And what happened really it was a collapse of a sinkhole. It was a complete collapse of a sinkhole. If, if, if we had not taken care here at Bethel of this sinkhole, as you, as you saw the pictures of, one day somebody would have been driving into services and suddenly, boink, <laughs> their car would have been vertical instead of horizontal. Man, that would, have been, that would have been a sight, but it would have been terrible. Okay, that's no way to deal with the sinkhole. You got to take care of it while you can. And as Ma'amanim, our focus needs to be on our buildings. Our focus needs to be on the most important part of the building, which is the foundation. The foundation is the key. Isaiah, the prophet Yeshayahu, please, prophesied about the Messiah to come. And what did he say about the Messiah to come in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16? It says this, therefore, thus says Adonai Elohim, this says the Lord God, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone, a firm foundation. Whoever trusts will not flee in haste. Yeah, yeah. Come on, y'all. See, we have to see that our house is built on that firm foundation, the cornerstone. Otherwise, if you're not building it on that cornerstone, which is Messiah, otherwise you're going to have a sinkhole. And, and that sinkhole may not be in the whole house, too. You got to have to understand. It could just be in part of it. It could just be, might be in one room or a section of it, right? But man, that section could go under. You don't want that. You don't need that, my friends. Better to get on top of it and take care of it now before it gets too costly. The sooner you deal with it, the better. Some of you think about this. You may be in your living room. You may be in your office. You may be in your bedroom. You may be on the road somewhere. I'm asking for you to really think about this in your own life and how it might relate to you. Uh, this is one of those dig deep messages where I'm asking you to really go back and to really to go there. I'm asking you to go there to consider what the Lord may be trying to say to you with, with all great love about some things that you've been sweeping under the rug or pushing aside or not looking at or things that are buried, things that you buried that need to be handled and dealt with. Some of you were very jealous of somebody else when you were younger. Like Jacob's family, it may have been a sibling. It may have been a friend. It may have even been a parent. Or maybe you resented a parent for what you feel they said to you. And you have some pent-up anger inside that never was released and never was dealt with. It may be something that happened to you in your life that you've just suppressed for a long time. Some of you, 
as I say this, things come to mind. And if things don't come to mind, think about it for just a minute and see if the Lord puts anything in your head. A wound that you had from maybe long ago. And maybe it's a wound of something that happened to you that was not your fault. Or maybe it was something that you did that was your fault. And it carries with it great shame. But either way, you, you've, you've blocked it out. You suppress it. You, you've never dealt with it. You try not to think about it. But you know well that it's still in there. It's still under the ground. It's still under the parking lot. See, it may be fine today. You may be dealing with it fine today, but the fence in our parking lot took a full 35 years to decay. Then it came quickly tumbling down, right? That hole happened fast. You can ask our facilities team. It was in the ground 35 years before the rot and decay started to show itself. And make no mistake, when we talk about this cornerstone that we really need to build on, that that firm foundation, that that it has to be on God. And this, this is where we're differentiated from the world. I'm going to explain. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 11, Rabbi Kepha says this, This Yeshua is the stone rejected by you, the builders, that has become the chief cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under, which, under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Ooh, boy, that's powerful. That is powerful, my friends. But the key is that we have to go out, go ahead and dig out the garbage that we may have paved over and go ahead and remove it. And then thereby establishing a new foundation, a new foundation. See, again, this is why we as believers have something that the world does not have. They don't have access to this like we have access to that. Because what? They have to rely only on themselves to deal with stuff. Maybe stuff that happened long ago that still plagues them, even if they try not to think about it or don't even think about it sometimes. But it's still under there. It's still under the ground. The foundation is not as secure. And how do they deal with it? They have to try to deal with it themselves. Or with maybe a secular counselor who doesn't understand and have a concept of the principles. Or perhaps even some self-help book. Oi, gewalt! No, my friends, the issue is spiritual. It is a spiritual issue. You're not going to solve a spiritual issue by, by evaluating it from a non-spiritual perspective. You're not going to be able to, to fully dig it out and reestablish the foundation that should be Yeshua Unless you're addressing it spiritually. This is what we need to be doing, my friends. It's interesting. We, the contractor we used for the, for the sinkhole that we have, 
Man, this guy is unbelievable. He is a sinkhole expert. For of that, there is no question. This guy knows sinkholes better than anybody. And, and he told us, man, everything he's told us has happened exactly like he said it would. And our contractor told us that when it comes to sinkholes, that some people try to address these sinkholes cheaply. And how do they try to address it cheaply? Think about it. You're going to guess it. By simply putting more dirt in them to compensate for the drop. So <clears throat> let's say that the sinkhole was not in the parking lot, but was in a yard or something. And the, suddenly the, the land starts to give way into this hole. Some people try to cheaply come and they, they'll bring in uh, a, a dump truck load of, of fill dirt and they'll fill it in so that it's nice and flat. Again, they'll just fill in the hole is what they do. But friend, that's a fool's errand. That is an absolutely ridiculous way to do it. Why? Because in time, it will still drop again as the rot accelerates. And more and more and more and more dirt will be required to fill in this hole. As time goes on, my friends, the only way to fix a sinkhole right is to dig it up, clear it out, and refill it with solid, compacted soil. Compacted soil. Don't try to, to, to just cover it up. Many people, that's what they try to do with things that, that are perhaps in their past. Is what will they do? They, they'll just try to, to cover it up. So there's something that's, that's, that's deep inside, they suppress it, right? They suppress it. They, they just try to cover it up with their life today so they don't ever have to think about what happened to them so long ago or what they did so long ago. You see, it can be either way. It can be something that you did that you shouldn't have done, but yet you suppress it and you haven't dealt with it. Or it could be something that happened to you that wasn't your fault, and yet you still suppress it and don't deal with it, right? No, my friends, this is something that has to be dealt with and not covered up. And not just putting more filled dirt on top of it, which doesn't solve the root cause of the problem. There is decay. There is rot that's going on that's hurting you on the inside. Address it. Don't be a foolish builder and try to build on top of that stuff. And what person is going to take a, a, a place that, that has rotting a fence underneath it and build on top of it. We didn't know. But the builder knew what they had done. And eventually that parking lot, you saw it decades later. You saw that stuff underneath finally rotting. Don't be a foolish builder because no matter how grand a structure you build, it is in danger unless the foundation is in good shape. That foundation has to be good. Otherwise, Boom, that, that, that building is going to be rocky and that building is going to fall. What does Yeshua say? Matthew chapter 7, please, verse 24 says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, says Yeshua, and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And yet it did not fall for its foundation had been built on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Some of you have areas of your house that are built on something other than the rock. Do you notice Do you notice in this story that the house does not fall under typical circumstances? This is an interesting thing that a lot of people miss in this story. Is that the house that's not built on the the foundation doesn't fall under normal circumstances. No, it falls when the mighty storm comes. That's when it crashes. Friends, don't wait for the storm. Don't wait for the storm. Fix the foundation now. Dig out that sinkhole and fix it right. Dig out that sinkhole and fix it right. And for some of you, this may even mean deeper and darker sinkholes that have afflicted you, that have root causes Things that you've buried, things that you cover up. Perhaps you were into pornography. It's insidious. Perhaps you were into witchcraft, horoscopes, and that kind of stuff. Some of you may have been into secret societies or drugs or some kind of crime. Or maybe it wasn't something that you did, but something terrible that was done to you and it caused great wounds. And these things don't define you today. Yet, if you've not dealt with them spiritually, then they are huge sinkholes that are filled with lots of trash that need to come out. And I know about... These kinds of big sinkholes too. I see them. I see them, these big sinkholes that have deep stuff and a lot of stuff in them that's underneath the surface. I see it for sure. My goodness. As a rabbi, you would, you would think I would, and I do. And yes, I deal with some of these things as a rabbi. But also, a number of years ago, As a homeowner, I also had something in my front yard. (laughs) And so my, my front yard was there, and we had owned this house, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And in my front yard, suddenly, there's this by the sidewalk leading up the to the front porch, there's a there's a a hole that starts to appear in the ground there. And and it gets bigger and bigger. And we're we're thinking at the time, wow, well, the rain runoff must be puddling and it's just kind of uh, wasting away what's underneath, you know, and it's eroding from just the water and that kind of stuff. This is what we were guessing. And eventually I, I called in the experts, same person actually, And yep, as it turns out, I had a sinkhole in my front yard that was filled with 
tree trunks. Take a look at this first picture, and you can see the hole they had to dig in my front yard. Look at this picture. It's unbelievable. The size of this hole right in my front yard they had to dig out that I had no, no, no idea about. Look at this next picture you can see of the hole. Just a giant hole. And uh, I, had, I had mowed this lawn hundreds of times probably right on top of all the, uh, this giant hole. And I didn't even know that there was something underneath me other than the, just the good earth that the Lord put there. Now, how many stumps, tree stumps and, and trunks were, were buried in my front yard? Get ready. Take a look at this picture. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Your reaction right now was exactly my reaction too. Are you kidding me? Look at that picture. Look at that picture. Look at that. It's unbelievable. Look at that picture. Look at the guy in the, in the bottom right down there. Look how small he is. Are you kidding me? That was all buried in my front yard. Are you serious? This, this is, even my contractor said, yeah, this is a pretty good size sinkhole with a lot of debris in it. A lot of tree stumps. I was on a corner. I was on a corner. And the, the builder of the neighborhood just dumped them all into my front yard. Put soil on top of it. And it was great for decades. And then, boom, it started to give way as it started to decay. And it was a huge sinkhole. And it cost me a huge amount of money, too. It was brutal. Oh my gosh, the contractor told me the, the, the longer it took him to pull out these, these tree stumps, it was like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, well, so much for the vacation, so much for the new computers, so much for the kids' college. Fund. I mean, it was like going out with, it, it, it was a money pit, literally, right? The, 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 the hole was getting so big, as you can see. It's interesting, my contractor told me that even as bad as mine was, which was bad as you saw, it's even harder to clear out these sinkholes if they're under houses, which he's had to do before, or under a pool, which he's had to do before. You can imagine trying to dig that out underneath a pool, which he's had to do, even more expensive. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. When you deal with these things, it may not be easy for a season, but it will pay off. Psalm chapter 30. We're going to read some selective verses from Psalm chapter 30. Let this weigh into your spirit. Let this sink in so that you can be freed from that which bound you before. Starting in verse 3. I deny my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Verse 5. Sing praise to Adonai, his faithful ones, and praise his holy name for his anger lasts. For only a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Verse 12, you turned my mourning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. So my glory will sing to you and not be silent. I deny my God, I will praise you forever. Mm. Brothers and sisters, see, 
God will turn it around for you. If you get that spiritual surgery, God will turn it around for you. Don't bury it or keep it buried. Fix the soil. That's the only way to truly heal it. The ground, the ground underneath will always be disturbed, right? It will always have had the evidence of having been turned over. You can tell that there was something that was there, but it will be compacted and it will be healed and it will be solid because it will be the foundation that is the Lord. The foundation will be solid. God will help you. King David says that weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a way to be healed for that. As you spend time in prayer, speak to the Lord that which you went through. Speak to the Lord. Confess. Open up to God. If tears need to come, let them come. Beloved, if you are harboring unforgiveness, forgive. It may be a very old wound. It may be somebody who's no longer even alive anymore. Forgive. If you've done things in your past, maybe even in your decent, distant past that you're ashamed of, ask God for forgiveness and for healing. You're a different person now. You're a new creation. But give that old wound to the Lord. Say, Lord, I need you to heal me on the inside. That hurts so bad. God, that that I did, I know hurts so bad, and I'm ashamed of it, Lord, and it still is in the back of my head. Lord, I give it to you. Give it to the Lord. If you have wronged somebody else, ask them for forgiveness. If you've harbored jealousy in your heart, release it. Release that jealousy, jealousy and then repent to the Lord. You saw what happened to Joseph's brothers. It comes out poison. If you judged your parents, maybe even from long ago, then release them. If you have deep things that you haven't dealt with, even consider contacting a professional counselor uh, and get into some good biblical counseling. If you need some, some help, seek the help you need. Don't let it go unturned over with a sinkhole appearing when you least expect it and in a bad time. You got to deal with it. It's not fun. It's, it's no fun. But friends, once you've dealt with it, it's, it's better. It's better. It's freeing. It's, it's a cathartic. It gives you a, a, a feeling of great joy. Right, which comes in the morning, as the psalmist said. Once you deal with it, it allows you to breathe unencumbered instead of compressed by this past, by the stuff that was in the sinkhole that you haven't dealt with. Don't let things fester. Don't bury them. They will rot. Deal with them. God will help you. The title of my message is Fix the sinkhole. Let's bow our heads. <laughs> I want to ask you, if you're here today, and that's you, there are some things that the Lord brought to mind. Listen, if there's nothing, that's okay. Just be open. 
to the Lord speaking to you and showing you something. And also make sure that you don't let things fester, that you deal with them quickly now. But if there's something that the Lord brought to mind in your past that has been under the ground, it's under the parking lot, it's something that's been buried long ago. Listen, if it's under the blood, you've already received forgiveness for it and you've already moved or you've forgiven and you've moved on, then great. I'm not looking to dredge up old things that, the, that you've already taken care of. I'm talking about something that you feel has not some resolution and you just buried and covered it up. And periodically, when there starts to be that sinkhole, you just dump more dirt into it to ignore it. No, 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 no. I want you to go there. I want you to go there. If it's something that you did or have done, wronged somebody in some way, said something that was particularly hurtful, coarse, Even right now, stop for just a moment and pray to the Lord and ask him to forgive you. God, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I know I did this. Confess it to the Lord. I know I said this. I know I did this. I know I did this to somebody. I know I did this to this person. Please forgive me, God. I'm so sorry I did this. And if if possible, go to that person and ask them for forgiveness. I'm so sorry I did this. I'm so sorry I said this. Please forgive me. If that person has gone on to be with the Lord, then just ask the Lord, Lord, please, I'm just so sorry. The Lord will forgive you. The Lord will touch you. But getting it out is going to help you. God, I'm so sorry I did that. That's not who I am anymore, God. I'm so sorry. Please heal me. Heal me, Lord. Or perhaps you've had something done to you. You've been hurt. That was not your fault. And it could have been years ago, could have been decades ago, something a teacher said to you, something a parent said to you, a friend, a former boyfriend or girlfriend, your spouse, something that happened to you and you've been so hurt by it and wounded and it's buried. Those are hard, y'all. Just say, Lord God, in the name of Yeshua, Take this part of me, God, that is just so wounded, Lord, and please heal me, Lord. I readily acknowledge, God, that that, that I've just tried to cover this up and to smooth it over and, and to try to pretend it's not even there, but I know it's there. God, I I, I see it, but I want it dug out, Lord. Help me, Lord. Heal me in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I, I know that and if it was a, if some kind of a curse put on you, speak in opposition to that. If somebody maybe called you stupid or something, say, Lord, I, I know that that is not from you. What happened those years ago, whatever happened or was said, was not of you, Lord. So God, Lord, I release it. I release it to you. God, I will not, and the adversary will not let, I will not allow the adversary to let this thing continue to hurt me and to build. I want to dig it out and lay it on the foundation that is you, Lord. And I want to build this area back up again upon the true foundation that is Yeshua. Yes, thank you, Lord. Some people are are being freed and delivered even right now. Thank Then thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You sincerely pray this. You talk to God about it. He loves you so. He wants to heal you so. 
Thank you, Yeshua. Give him praise for it. Thank you, Yeshua, for healing me and delivering me. Thank you, God. It's a very deep message. <laughs> if you're here and if you're watching and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, you've never even given your life to God. Wow. You got to address that spiritual issue most importantly. Repeat this prayer after me and the Lord will touch you. Dear God, I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live for you the rest of my days in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, that's the ultimate spiritual healing. Send us an email and let us know you've made a decision to follow Yeshua so we can rejoice and celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord God, for this service. Thank you for the healing that you're doing. Thank you, Lord. These sinkholes are being removed all over the world. As people are watching, there's a lot of excavator work <laughs> as that sinkhole has been dug up and refilled and compacted with good soil on a solid foundation that is you, Lord. Thank you for these things, God, in Yeshua's name. And let us all say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Light, light, light.